Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind my listeners that the views and opinions expressed by my guests are strictly their own and do not reflect the views, opinions, or policies of their employers or organizations. The Hitlist Podcast is a platform for open discussion and diverse perspectives, and I encourage you to engage with the content thoughtfully. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Ramirez, and welcome to another episode of the Hitlist Podcast, a podcast where me and a guest cross off films on our watch list and discuss them. This is season six, episode three. Today, I'm joined by VizDev production assistant at Nickelodeon Animation Studio, Monica G. Rodriguez. Welcome, Monica. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy to be here. Thank you so much for being on the show. So before we get started, I usually start with two questions, a little bit of icebreakers Mm -hmm. for my guests. My first question is, what are your viewing habits? When you sit down to watch a movie, do you stick to your favorites or watch something new? Uh, I usually like watching something new. I don't really like repeating things unless it's something extremely nostalgic, but I usually like different genres and something that fits my mood. So what what type of genres? Um, I, right now I'm into dramas usually, mm-hmm. and I really like cooking shows. So like when it's later at night, I like to kind of view stuff that's relaxing. So, um, the British Bake Off, that's just kind of relaxing. <laughs> Chopped is really cool, but that's sometimes too tense. And also, I've been really into interior design just mm-hmm. because I live in a rental. And I really want to make my apartment feel less rental. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of um, interior design videos on YouTube. And obviously, animation, but... I, I I try to keep up with what's going on, but right now I'm watching Beef. I'm also watching How I Met Your Father. So ah. it's like drama, cooking show, sitcom, I think is like yeah. what I do. I rotate in the week. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I know about the Great British Bake Off is that like when they did like a Mexican themed one. And they Oof. cut an avocado and like they cut it straight <laughs> through the seed. I was like, no, why? That episode was rough. That was rough. <laughs> um, it was rough. They just like had such a um, small idea of the variety of cuisine. I heard that. Um, oh, God, what was the fact? Just Mexican food is like something protected by unicef or recognized by you something like really? that i don't want to misquote it's like it's such a, of a cultural significance that it's like a little bit more than other cuisines because it's so culturally important um and significant so yeah yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> yeah that, that was a rough one and i didn't even see the episode i just know about like just cutting through the avocado um, it was just now it's so, good you didn't see it <laughs> My next question for you is, what's something about you that people would be surprised to know? Oh, man. Um, what's something about me that people would be surprised to know? <laughs> well, this is kind of a funny one. I've lived in L.A. for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. And there's a big Armenian community here. Uh-huh. And usually Armenians are surprised that I'm not Armenian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess I just look very Armenian. So that's something. I guess another thing people are surprised to know. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> that's a good one though. Like people think I'm yeah. Armenian, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's like that's the most like recent thing that happened like that. Because otherwise, I I'm kind of an open book, so I don't really I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it was sometimes like some like a habit of yours that you don't really like announce or broadcast it. Oh, okay, a habit. Um... Or that's how you I'll usually interpret it. Yeah, that's a good way. Fun fact about me, whenever we did icebreakers in school, like first day of class to get to know our classmates, mm-hmm. you know, everyone else dreaded it. I loved it because I, like, I want to get to know my classmates. This is a quick way to get oh. to know them. <laughs> I, my default in, in college was that I'm really good at Mario Kart. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. <laughs> that's good. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can say that one then. I'll All shove right. it from... From the memory box. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we go. So today we'll be discussing Catwoman Hunted. Catwoman Hunted is a 2022 American animated superhero film based on a DC Comics character Catwoman by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and produced by Warner Bros. Animation for DC Entertainment. The film follows Catwoman as she attempts to steal a priceless jewel. The heist puts her squarely in the crosshairs of both a powerful consortium of criminals and villains, and the ever-resourceful Interpol, as well as Batwoman. This film was on Monica's watch list. Monica, why was this on your watch list? I haven't really seen much of the... Like I mentioned earlier, I try to keep up with animation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't really seen stuff from... I know that Warner's been really trying to, prior to the merger, I think, uh, I remember they had announced that they were trying to make efforts in do more anime type of content. Are you talking about the Discovery and merger? Yeah, okay. <laughs> the I, Warner I heard, Discovery. I, I heard murder. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I said, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> murder. Yeah, so I, I, re- I remember I saw somewhere I, more anime content and DC animated content as well. I know that they've been trying to kind of expand that and I haven't really seen... Um, the last thing I saw was Young Justice, which I um, haven't finished, and I really enjoyed uh, from what I've seen so far. So I just wanted to see something different. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Catwoman, like you mentioned earlier, it's not really a she's not really a lead most of the time, at least in animated content. Yeah. So I thought it was just like interesting. I was like, I wonder if this has feminist tones to it. I do have opinions about that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yes, I need to watch this. So let's just go. Gotcha. So yeah. it's good that you mentioned Young Justice because the writer for this film is also the writer for Young Justice. And he did mention that this movie takes not in, not takes place in Young Justice, but it's like adjacent to that world. So I guess like a world that's like parallel to that world. So makes sense. And a lot of the voices were the same voices from the characters in Young Justice as well, except for oh. like Catwoman. I don't think I don't even think Catwoman was in Young Justice, which is kinda, I haven't seen her yet. Yeah, so. it's kind of wild because like there's a lot of characters in that show, and I've never seen Catwoman there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, what did you think? Hmm. It was hard to get my attention on it. It felt. It felt episodic in a way, mm-hmm. and I really liked it, but I didn't quite feel the buildup too much. It was just kind of slow, N- and not slow, but like, um, I always imagine like 
you know, the storytelling structure, like you go up the climax yeah. and then you go down. So that mountain felt low, right, not as right. tall. I really enjoyed the, the backgrounds were really like once you work in at, I work in production and <laughs> so production management uh, in pre-production and a little bit of post. And once you work in production, you can't not kind of um, dissect things. Once you work in animation, you kind of just start dissecting things. So like, I could tell like all the hard work everybody put in this movie, the backgrounds were really beautiful. Like the, I liked the, the cities. I think my biggest uh, was um, why does Catwoman need to sound constantly sexy all the time? Yes. Thank you. So, <laughs> thank so you. So I was, I was just like, oh, she's just, you know, she's in a party, You're right? And then, and then she's talking to Batwoman and the agents, and she's still using the same sexy voice. Yeah, it was, it was distracting. That's the word. Yeah, and not, and not good distracting either. Like I wasn't like, ooh, I want her to keep talking, and it's unfortunate because I saw the voice. I, I was like, I recognize this voice. And it's Elizabeth Gillies. And I really like her. I've seen her in Dynasty. I've seen, obviously, I saw Victorious growing up. Right, so I right. really like Elizabeth Gillies. But it was, honestly, it felt like, I think the first 10 minutes in, I was like, was this written? Who wrote this dialogue? A man? <laughs> obviously. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just, I think that was like the main thing that kept making me distracted. And that's why... When you started this question, I was like, um, <laughs> because it was just, I don't know. I think it, it felt, it felt episodic, like not like a movie, but I guess it's, I guess if you view it as like a streaming movie, that's kind of like what you get. Yeah. You could argue that. I, I'm just really curious. Like th those are like my main reactions. I'm really curious why this movie was made. I wonder if it's like almost like a pilot to like a Catwoman led series. Cause I know right. they did Harley and um, Poison Ivy show. So like, I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of like, so what's going on? I, like when the movie ended, I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I pretty much share, share the same opinion. Like I wasn't as impressed with this film. Like it's like the type of movie, like you want to like, that you're kind yeah, of disappointed yeah, exactly. that I like the product. Like I like the ambition behind it. I like the casting of Elizabeth Gillies in the in the voice. I think she did well. Um, but there's like, I don't want to compare her to um, what's his name, Kevin, the guy who played Batman in the game series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want to compare her to that, but like the way he did Batman when he did Bruce Wayne, his voice was much different than he, when he did Batman. You know, and it felt like her voice for as Catwoman was always at a 10, right? And then there's one yeah. moment. There's only one moment where she switches up. She gets mad at Batwoman. And it's like, whoa, yeah. where the hell did that come from, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's a character choice. I get that. But it's like, there needs to be more. People don't talk Once? at a 10 all the time, you yes. know? And yeah, I totally agree. You can't just have that like all throughout the film. Like she's always at like this, at yeah. this level, like a horizontal yeah. level. Some people go, they ebb and flow. People like their voices. Like me, I kind of go back and forth, like from the mic right here. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can't really do that animation, but you guys know what I mean. Like it just yeah, was no, constantly at 10. I, 
She was very seductive the, the whole time. The direction was like, oh, make her sound sexy, make her sound sexy. I feel like that's what they con- she constantly heard. <laughs> Speaking of the voice acting, I liked the reveal that it that um it wasn't Batman, that it was Batwoman. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh okay. Um, cause I was just expecting Batman cause there's always tension between them. There's always right. tension between Batman and, and Catwoman, but her voice was, was a little funny. <laughs> and, and then there was uh, like her, her, like her, her version of that, her version of I'm Batman, but like, <laughs> like that's like her version was like doing this. I'm trying to talk like this. And I was like, that's kind of goofy, but okay. And you know then, who she was, right? Um, the actress, yeah. I looked her up and I literally forgot. It's Mirabelle. Oh. From Encanto. Nice. Also known as Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Or <laughs> well, is it Rosa? Is her name Rosa in the, in the show? I I haven't. I really got to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But um, so what I thought was yeah, interesting and I took, yeah. I took a, I took a note. I took a note. I said, LOL, Batman, Batwoman grunts in her fake voice. Because she, like, a couple times, like, she even, like, you know, they fight a lot in this movie. And even, like, she fell and she was like, oh. And I was like, <laughs> oh, like, she she grunted in her in her Batwoman voice. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that, those are details that I, I pay attention to. Because it's like, like, at first I was like, oh, that's a kind of a weird voice. But then they had that weird scene, which is probably the only reason that, the movie was PG-13. <laughs> and they had that, like, scene where um, Catwoman was trying to seduce... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Batwoman. And she took off her mask. And then she kind of, like, gasped in a different way and spoke in a different way. Yeah, I So I'm like, that. oh, okay. So, yeah. So that was when I was informed as an audience member. Oh, so that goofy voice is, like, her I'm Batman voice. <laughs> like, <laughs> her version of that. But I thought it was interesting that she's still like she she's like method like she like she she fights in the fake voice. <laughs> I thought that was. I didn't even it notice was a couple that. times. I didn't notice that. It was that, a couple but, yeah. times. <laughs> like I noticed like the the little moans she made like oh that's different. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. But like I didn't notice like the grunt she did it like ugh in the bad voice. I mean you you grunt. You, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure at least once I kind of heard it in the. It kind of reminds me of "She's the Man." <laughs> Do you have you you have you seen "She's I, the Man"? I haven't seen the movie, but like I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so like it kind of reminds me of like making a fake a woman making trying to imitate a man's <laughs> voice, kind of like "Hey, what's up?" Like <laughs> like Mulan. That type of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Mulan. <laughs> I like the idea for like an anime and st- styled that they're yeah. doing. It, it was really mm-hmm. good. Like the design was really good, and they said like their inspiration was Lupin the Third. Um, and there's like a movie called Castle of Caligulastro. I don't know, but like oh, I, it's, it's I one haven't of the seen movies. that movie, but I'm familiar. Um, I, I seen, that makes sense. I've seen clips of it, and it, it, even for like a movie from the '70s, it flows really well. And mm-hmm. it's the type of movie, it's the movie that inspired the Disney renaissance to mm-hmm. do better, even with limited resources. So I can see the inspiration. It's just that it wasn't, Catwoman is a, a thief, right? She's a cat burglar. Mm-hmm. That was her whole mm-hmm. thing. So they should just make a heist film, not a superhero mm-hmm. film. 
You know, mm-hmm. she's a different genre of character. She's going to be the lead. It has to be a different type of movie, you know? And it feels like they were they were doing that in, like, the intro. There's an animated intro that's, like, she's saving these girls from Sochi, which is, like, a very good story. It lo- in the animated, it looks like Cowboy Bebop inspiration as that's, well. That was also my first my first in, um, impression. I was like, oh, Cowboy Bebop. Like, right. even the jazz, the yeah. jazz music. Yeah, totally. And the heist where she's like stealing from like the the party, which that was a very weird party. Like, I'm not sure who the people were. <laughs> there were cosplaying superheroes, yeah. but there were bad guys. But like, were they goons or were they like really rich people? I don't know. But either way, I she think, she's stealing yeah. from them, and it feels like that could have been the what do you call it? Like the the pregame for your bigger heist, which this film kind of missed you know i totally agree um yeah i think that's the disconnect i was i would i was trying to feel why i was trying to describe why i felt some sort of disconnect with like the character also it's called Catwoman hunted right and i don't think she's hunted i thought she would be chased right um through like a chase movie and she like no it that doesn't really happen and the party the party was weird I think we could have had have had better hints thrown to the audience like, oh, this is a gala of goons and they're just cosplaying as superheroes. I don't know, something, something, because I was so confused. Like right. the setting, like I was just very confused. And again, her voice was distracting. <laughs> I was like, is she just costuming? And I'm not that familiar with Catwoman, but I have seen seen her in the PlayStation Gotham video games. Like she yeah. is a persona, right? Like I've seen her I've seen her in, in the movies and live action movies as Anne Hathaway and like I've seen her, but I'm not like I don't read the comics. But like I I think the persona here was pushed a little too far in the in the she's she like her personalities are woman who's always sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of irked me and I, that scene in the party where she's like um talking to people like oh you better be careful i'll steal oh, her away yeah. aren't thieves supposed to just blend in and not bring attention to themselves <laughs> i don't know i thought that was just weird why is she so cocky i don't know um yeah, yeah that's i don't what, know i i put that she's too cocky <laughs> <laughs> i put that too and there also doesn't there doesn't seem to be any tension when she was making these quips, right? Usually, yeah. like mm-hmm. when when like I I hate comparing her to like other male superheroes, but like when Spider Man makes these jokes, like he'll joke with like the villains and like he'll say like a pun, or whatever. There's actually some tension there because they might kill him, you know. Here yeah. it's like she knows, uh, she won't die, like she knows she'll get away, and she does, mm-hmm. you know. But like. There's a way you can do that better, but it wasn't really done well in here. And I'm yeah. not sure how it could have done better because I'm not an animator. I'm not an animation director, but it could have been done better. I think she just wasn't... She seemed a little too simple as a, char- as a character. Just just a couple of tones. Like I did like that throughout the movie, they kind of show that she does have a good side to her, that she has like this bigger purpose of protecting the girls and the women, mm-hmm. um, victims of human trafficking. So I like that they'd really try to add tones, but it was, I think, yeah, I, I'm not particularly sure either. 
how it could have been done better, but there's a fine line between confidence and cocky. Like right. it, it was a little too much that it was like not charming anymore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was like, oh yeah, she's so badass. But <laughs> other times it was just like, can you stop talking and just like get to the point? Like right. I, th- that, I, I also have a note of like, there's too much dialogue and fight scenes. So like at one point, do I like this? Like, I really don't know if I like it. I just know that I just, today wasn't really, I saw it this morning to have a fresh. Um, I just know that today, maybe I just didn't, wasn't in the mood to see that. But maybe, maybe I would have liked it another day because it kind of reminds me of how in comic book there's, they're fighting, they always have like silly little lines like, go to whatever, like just silly lines. So I don't know, I, I thought like, there's too much dialogue in, in the middle of fights. And like right. that's not realistic, I don't think. Yeah. I don't... Like, what was it trying to do? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we kind of discussed, like, what we didn't like. But let's talk about stuff we did like, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. What, okay. what did you like about this uh, film? Okay. I I really liked the... The character design was really nice. Mm-hmm. I like that Catwoman outfit. I really do. She does not have heels, <laughs> which is, that's something I always look out for. It's like, why? Like, why do they give them heels? I do have a comment about the the breast sizes, which is always <laughs> something. Um, but I, yeah, it's just, it's always interesting if you look at who who draws those things and like who um, who's the art director, like, how much they pay attention to some things versus others. And as a woman, I am like, as a little girl growing up watching animation, I'm just kind of tired of seeing the same body shape over and over. Right. Um, especially superheroes. Like, you don't think they have muscles. Mm-hmm. Like, they have skinny little arms. Like, Catwoman is fine because she's like, that's her thing, right? I liked that Batwoman was very tall. Mm-hmm. So that's my comments about character design. The soundtrack was nice. Yeah, it was a really good soundtrack. I, I liked, I really liked the the music and um, the sounds. I liked the car car chase scene was cool and interesting because they used um, cars were three D assets. That's always interesting when they do that, and I think they masked it really well to like fit in the two D realm. I really liked that theme of her rescuing other women. Because I think that's something that is part of Catwoman's persona, that she is very feminist. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, there's kryptonite. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that, I, I liked that. That it's like a doing good in a real, like, very unfortunate real thing that happens. So that was, that was cool because in superhero movies, it's a lot of fiction. So I liked that. What else did I like? Let me see my notes. I will say something I really liked is like when they got heavy into Japanese inspiration. And what I mean by this is when they when the villains powered up and suited up right in front of Catwoman <laughs> yeah. and Batwoman. And oh, yeah, there was, was one that looks it looked like I, I think it was straight out of like might have been like Sailor Moon or something like that. <laughs> and they <laughs> transformed into like a giant robot. Not like a giant robot, but, you know, and then, like, there were, like, these monsters that like, were summoned mm-hmm. as well. Like, you can see the inspiration from, like, other types of anime from, like, the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, 
the other one was like when the when Cheetah was there the whole time. Like, oh, that was like a, I I was actually like genuinely surprised because like, like when she had pointy ears the whole time, I, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think much of it. I'm like, you know, hey, you know, people have their own things, you know. <laughs> I didn't think too much of it. And then when she turned into Cheetah, I'm like, oh, she looks like that one lady from Devilman Crybaby. Have you seen that a show? I have not, but I know about uh, it. Yeah, so she looks like um the, one of the Devilmen. I think I know who you're talking about. And yeah. like she's like like that i'm like yo okay okay so i did like that final fight scene um between catwoman and cheetah because like she did get injured and she's like not even trying to overpower her she's just trying to run away and like outsmart her even though i don't think it would like even though i would have preferred like a different like ending such Mm -hmm. as like a heist type Mm -hmm. of thing right right for what they did with that final fight scene i did like there were some unnecessary parts like the Solomon Grundy showing up out of nowhere. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. How, why is he here? <laughs> I that was very confusing. Um, but well, there was something I wanted to say that you said that I liked. Um, oh, the transformation. Yeah, I thought of like Gundam. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought of just the the Power Rangers in Japan is Super Sentai, so it's like mm. that t- that type of vibe, like. Um, I thought that was interesting. I do agree with the Solomon Grundy thing. I was just like, all right. <laughs> like, it was it was a little random, especially, this is something that, I don't know how to word it, but I, I just think it's a little odd when they, hmm, I don't know. I don't know how to word it. So I think I'll just <laughs> state my confusion that I, that and agree with you that, that was quite random. Yeah. Also, like, I thought that Cheetah died when she was like, impaled by those spikes. And then they showed her, like, going into the hospital, like, the hospital van or whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty... I even, right here, I have written down in my notes, damn, the way she, <laughs> the way she just died is fucking brutal. And the next one, wait, she's still alive? <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Oh, my gosh. I just... Yeah, I was so something that I was just very como se dice, I was very confused about is like the movie almost had classic western cartoon goofy tones to it. Right. Just like that type of comedy. And I'm like, why like I I like paused it at one point and went over to the description. I'm like, this is PG thirteen? <laughs> and I just thought that was interesting. Like, why is it PG thirteen? Like you could just maybe open up the audience a little bit more to like PG because right. I don't, it, I don't think it even, it did not have curse words. I mean, it had bo- violence, but like, and probably when she like the one, the parts I could say, there's three things that made it PG 13, that scene where she's naked, but they don't show her body like right. at all. Not even, not even like they show her a little bit of like cleavage when she's in the tub, but like, Everybody does that. Sailor Moon does that. Right. And um, <laughs> that scene. The other scene was when she was fighting... Uh, which one was it? She was fighting a villain. I forgot who it was. And she... Oh, Whale. She was fighting Whale. And she, like, stabbed him a couple times. Right. And they, like, show those stabs and they show blood. And the third part that made it PG-13 was probably, like, how she was impaled. Cheetah right. was... <laughs> But I think, like, 
I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Oh, another interesting thing that maybe I'm not familiar with Warner and like um, their uh, standards and practices. And um, I don't know how they handle that. But I do know that um, some shows for more kid uh, audiences, more um, maybe like, yeah, just not teenagers under, under 13, they're a little wary of showing alcohol. And there's right. a scene. There's a scene where she pours herself like champagne or something. Uh, Catwoman pours herself champagne. So that may have been another like PG thirteen point. But I, I that's one thing that confused me a lot. I just didn't understand the. I I'm I'm not sure it was clear who this was for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way. I didn't even think about like the rating as well because like. Once I turn 18, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's legal <laughs> yeah, for me now. <laughs> <laughs> I can go to a movie theater and get an rated R ticket now. Yeah. All right. That's something to really consider about. Like, why is it PG-13? It could have been edited down to PG. Yeah. All right. So I feel like we kind of discussed everything that we mm-hmm. needed to discuss about this film. Unless you have, like, one final thing you want to talk about. All right. Um, I may have some things that – oh, the cat. Like, come on. That was super adorable. Isis. I liked that. I loved that. I really like cats. And I thought that was cute. Um, It kind of reminds me of the new Batman movie, the latest one with Robert Pattinson. How um, she was just like a cat lady. <laughs> like right. she had a, a, like a fuck ton of cats. And like, I like that. Like, I like when they play into their gimmick. Right. And there's a line actually about that, about like, like, oh, this is my gimmick. Like, they kind of break the fourth wall a little bit there. Or she's like, oh, you're a cat blogger. That's what, that's your whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, like, I, it was it was enjoyable. There were some things that confused me, but I just realized this movie doesn't have many incidentals. What's that? Incidentals are extras, just like background oh. characters. And yeah. I just realized sometimes it felt a little empty. It felt, I was, yeah, it did. Like they crashed the car into like the Italy Italian city, and there weren't people there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's like a because I was gonna say crash. that I I liked that they tried to make it global, um, that it was global. But then I don't know okay. how. Here's actually I did notice this too. Here's how I, yeah. how I thought it. This movie takes place during the pandemic. That's why people aren't out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go with that. <laughs> like people aren't out because they're all worried about the pandemic. Yeah. People who are out are being irresponsible. Like they know <laughs> it's there. They're not masking. They only, they they wear masks, but they don't cover up their mouths for some reason. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. And let the bad guys, since they're bad, they're in that party, <laughs> doing a super spreader event. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna say something. I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, okay. So, so I'm not against Elizabeth Gillies voicing Catwoman like again in another project. No. I'm I'm not against that at all. I think she did a really good job. Mm-hmm. She just I don't want to say better direction because I don't want to insult the, the director, mm-hmm. the voice um direction of this film, but she did a really good job and given like the the proper direction. <laughs> that's that's even more <laughs> insulting. But I think with a different director She'll be amazing as Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I think she still is, but right here it was just like 
it's like the sounding board if that makes sense like it's like the first right to getting yeah. her getting into it so i'm definitely not against her being catwoman again in another film another animated film you know oh totally even in person like in live yeah. action i mean like i i really like she's a really good actress and um she also has a beautiful singing voice i did like her like catwoman i like like we've bis- discussed it was just kind of odd how she sounded very the same um yeah like the same level yeah level after our break we're gonna go right into production All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about the production of Catwoman Hunted. So I'm going to start with a little bit of the publication history of Catwoman um, because I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah. That's literally just it. So (laughs) she was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane, and she appeared in, you know, DC Comics, commonly associated with um, Batman. And she Mm -hmm. debuted as the cats in Batman number one in spring of 1940. And she, she's one of DC's, um, she's one of Batman's most notable enemies and belongs mm-hmm. to a collective of his adversaries, um, that makes up his rogues gallery. But she's also been depicted as a anti-hero best known as being Batman's most enduring love interests with many stories of them being together and their complex love hate relationship. And she's been featured in many media adaptations related to Batman in film. Um, I guess first she was portrayed with the casting of Lee Merriweather in Batman, which was the 1966 series with Adam West. Mm-hmm. And then Michelle Pfeiffer portrayed in the character for Batman Returns, Halle Berry in the Catwoman movie, and Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises, which is the one I'm most familiar with, and Zoe yeah. Kravitz in The Batman most recently, after she previously voiced her in the animated film The Lego Batman Movie. And in live-action TV, she was shaped by Julie Newmar and Irfa Kitt as well. And also by Cameron Bicondova in Gotham, that TV series that ran from 2014 to 2019. And this movie is actually like her first animated film as the lead animated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was also premiered. It should have been like the 80th anniversary from her first publication in 2022 it's like the same year she was released it should have been like it was like the 80th anniversary oh okay cool yeah that's interesting so we mentioned this already but elizabeth gillies was um catwoman and Celine kyle in this film and stephanie beatrice was um batwoman cat kane in this film so about this film gillies said well the role came across my desk and i was so excited i have always wanted to do something in the dc universe I'm a big fan of Catwoman. Weirdly enough, I was Catwoman for Halloween two years ago. Maybe I willed it into existence. Maybe I willed it into existence. I love the script and any opportunity to play Catwoman, I was down. I was really excited to get involved. Greg Wiseman, who's like the writer, uh, he was part of the casting decision decision like over like the early days. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, not decision, discussion, casting discussion. So, you know, you get the regular people like Keith David, Steve Bloom, Eric Lopez, Jonathan Frakes, people he's worked with over and over again in multiple projects. But mm-hmm. the two leads, Elizabeth Gillies and Stephanie Beatrice, he never worked with either of them before, but he wanted to work with them. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, because of the pandemic, he wasn't in the, ca- in the recording session with them. So yeah. that was a bummer for him. Aww. And as yeah. far as her inspiration for the voice of Catwoman, um, Gillies reveals, I was always a fan of Michelle Pfeiffer. 
Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and I used that as a jumping off point, but I sort of found my own way with it. I knew I wanted her to have a sexy, raspy, seductive voice. Our director exaggerated even more and had me lean into it. Once I saw the final product, I could see how that worked. It feels like Catwoman while also feeling new and working for this new story. And um, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Michelle. I, <laughs> <laughs> in case you want to do another like take. No, we just leave that in. I, okay. I, there's, cool. a, there's a running joke with this podcast where like I'm I'm just terrible with names. It's well, a weirdly spelled name. <laughs> It I is. only ever heard Michelle Pfeiffer. And then when I like Google her, I'm like, huh? Like it, it autocorrects <laughs> me. I just, I spell it like with an F, but that, that, that P. So it's weird. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, a running joke. <laughs> okay, cool. I pronounced the Daniels last names um, cor- incorrectly. Like a couple years ago, the guys who directed <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. Um, oh, yeah. Um, it's it's like since season one it's been a running joke. Okay. <laughs> so she says she liked the final product. I think to be honest, I think that's just like, you know, stuff you say for like the the media to promote it. <laughs> it's it's not it I maybe it's not bad. Maybe, I don't I just don't think it's not for for me, like the audience. Mm. Like it it was enjoyable. Like I would love to see it with a younger person sitting next to me. Like I'm very glad I saw it, but right. I want to like experience it through another lens because it does have like oh they're so badass. Like like look at like I just imagine my younger self like oh I want to be strong like her. Like she's still so so like pretty and and she has <laughs> short hair which is which is really cool because like. I don't know. You don't see that many female characters with like a pixie cut um, Mm -hmm. or superheroes. It's always like luscious hair. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I did want to mention that uh, for the audience, they should see uh, there's a scene of Michelle Pfeiffer with a whip. Like the actual actress learned how to. Batman Returns? Yeah. (laughs) Um, She learned how to use a whip. And there's this famous scene that she does. Like she whips uh, mannequins heads off all in one take and that was just like th- there's a behind the scenes um like footage and on youtube and everybody should see that because it's just so it's so impressive it's like it's just so impressive like yeah. how did how did she learn how to use a whip like what yeah. a skill to to have I've also seen that. Like, I was always impressed it was one take, but if I remember correctly, was that, like, the first take? Oh, yeah. I think... I don't know if it was one take, but it was just... I think... I'm gonna look that up real quick. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, because now maybe I'm remembering... Yeah. So just, like, Michelle Pfeiffer, like, Catwoman whip. Because I don't I don't want to, like, misremember the, the context of that. But, yeah, it's a very impressive video. I, I just see on oh, Entertainment Tonight, she achieved a stunt in a single take, followed by a crew giving her a round of applause. I don't see that if I it was like the it. first take, but it was a single take where she did yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So that's probably it. Um, that's just very cool. Very impressive. As far as like the art, art style of this film, OLM, mm-hmm. the Japanese studio behind the Pokemon series, provided their animation services for the film with their team house. And mm-hmm. it's styled, the movie's styled after a classic anime, a decision that was part of the initial pitch. 
Mm-hmm. And Greg Weisman recalls that he was they wanted to do an anime, mm-hmm. and one of his favorite um, films, anime films, is Lupin the Third: Castle of Cagliostro. And he thought that Selena was a perfect character to carry that kind of film. And I agree with that, too. It feels like she's a great character to have an animation-style film, especially if it's inspired by Lupin the Third. So Elizabeth didn't know it was anime-style until, like, (gasps) late into the recording. That's funny. She says she was doing her final round of ADR, and she was like, oh, oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's usually how it goes sometimes, like, there's a shift in in direction or usually actors come in in the storyboard phase and then they come back in for ADR when there's animation done already but yeah so that that's usually how it goes like that's really funny though yeah <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much all I have that's all the stuff I could find about production usually I could find more oh, okay yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I'd be very curious to. I think what I'm most curious about is that, especially what you mentioned earlier. Like, it got me thinking that I when I said that there's, I didn't really notice incidentals and that it maybe took place during the pandemic. It was probably made during the pandemic, and oh, I yeah, wonder, sure. and I wonder how much of that limited or enhanced the production. Like, I wonder I wonder what context happened because I'm sure that a lot of the things that we have said as uh, stuff that we might not like too much or that we were a little confused about, I'm pretty sure that they're aware. Sometimes some decision, decisions have to be made and sometimes some things like just don't work out. So like, I wonder like what, what the deadlines were, like what, what sort of challenges the production, the crew went through working with a vendor studio abroad during the pandemic, like abroad, abroad, because right. in my experience, I've worked with studios abroad, but they're in Canada. So like, they're not that far. <laughs> so like, I, I just wonder, like, as someone who is a fan of animation, like as a kid, I just always gravitated towards cartoons more. And someone who is now working in animation, it's very interesting being on the other side and being like, if only you knew. <laughs> like, f- to audience members, it's like, if only you knew how hard it is to just create something out of thin air. Because, like, the biggest difference between animation and live action is, like, like in, in animation, you don't really see anything. You're kind of working with things things out of thin air. So um, in production management, there's a lot of asset management, just like tracking that things are um, being done, but it's like, it's just kind of like a thing until like the character designer or the prop designer or the effects designer designs and then we send it to paint and then they have to color it or paint it. So it's it's just very, um, it's a lot of hard work and I, I wonder how much time they had to make it and I wonder how much time they made it in. Um, right. Because it's it's just, it's a lot of challenges. Um, talking about this made me realize that I did not mention, I really like that they went the 2D route. Mm. I just, I really like 2D. Right now, if you look at like what's going out right now here, 
there's still animation there's a lot of 3d films and that's really cute i love 3d i just love animation but don't let go of 2d like just so i really like that they like went that direction and and um tried that because i think i think action sometimes depending on what type of action but like classic superhero fight action it just boards as in storyboards better in 2d in my opinion i just really like that so so it's it's interesting i would like to like learn more maybe maybe i can ask a friend if i i know someone who worked in warner and he worked in a dc project so maybe he knows someone in that movie and i i would love to know like what happened and what are the next steps because i think that's like right. i think that's a, the main thing that i had spoken about earlier like what are the next steps i think that's the the thing that i was talking about earlier like is this gonna be a series i think if it's a series i would see it because mm -hmm. i think there's room for character development and i think a show can provide that instead of a movie because that's something also like she seemed a little we saw catwoman we saw um hints of who she is right but not really and if we if it was in a show format like maybe we will see that um and also she said at the end of the movie, Catwoman said that she was going to stop in London. I have no idea what's there. Like, is there a superhero or someone based in London? She said something it, about the big tower. I, I think she's talking about like the, the clock tower. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's going to steal stuff in the British Museum. I don't know. I mean, as if it's not already stolen property. Exactly. <laughs> gonna make a joke about it but i'm glad you took you took it all right um, um i i like what you're saying like um i think if it was a show i would like it a lot better too it feels like it's great potential to be a show mm -hmm. and they should really run with it and if, if they do do it lean into like the heist lean into yeah. like the crime you know she that's what she she's a cat burglar she's not a i don't want to say she's not a superhero like i guess she's yeah. considered a superhero but it's like with Captain America Winter Soldier. That was a spy thriller. Whereas with Thor, that was like a story about um, gods and, you know, and Guardians mm -hmm. of the Galaxy. That's like a space opera. Um, right. So it's like a different... They have the opportunity to do different genres with these different characters, you know? And right. And it's a, it's a huge opportunity. I don't think they're... Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to do it in the future. You know, I'm not yeah. James Gunn, you know? I don't know what they're up to. I don't, I'm not a part of that world. Not yet, at least. But mm -hmm. that's something they, they... It's a huge opportunity that, that they're missing if they don't lean into that. I thought in the beginning, I thought it was kind of a noir. But then that right. kind of di died out. And I don't know. I think I, I am more curious to see something like that. It kind of... When you say heist, um, like make it into a heist, that's always... That's always pretty successful. There's this, um, there's this Cardman San Diego uh, animated show on Netflix, and it got a couple of seasons. I think it went up to season four or five. Really? And that's, yes, that's really and that's, good. Exactly. For Netflix? It, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and if not, three. But that's still really solid. Like, you're a successful show if you have three seasons nowadays. Um, yeah. So, that's ended. And there, I don't, I can't really think of any 
and like apologies to anyone who's working in any heist shows. Um, it, there's just a lot of content out there. Um, so but I don't think there's anything currently right now that's like older, older kid content. Like in animation specifically, right? In animation for heist. Right. Yeah. I can't I think really... of one either. Yeah, no. So I, I think it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. And like how she interacts with other um, other villains or um, other allies. Right. Um, were you familiar if that, oh gosh, what was her name? The The bat lady. Is she like new or is she... In so the comics, she, exists. she's been Nosferata. around for a while. Nos, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Nosferata. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's her first animated appearance oh. ever. She she had a few appearances in like the eighties, but that is the first time she's ever been animated. That's cool. Yeah, because I, I didn't know. Neat. I didn't. I don't know who she was at all. No, I thought she was neat. I did not like. <laughs> I did not like the weight joke. I think that's just tired. <laughs> that's just tired. It's tired. Like why? But and I liked I liked her character design. It's really cool. It's like Egyptian type of Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. And I guess this is just like the DC Comics fan of me, but like Batwoman uses guns a lot more when she uses batarangs. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, it. <laughs> oh, you're right. You are right. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. But that's just me. All right. I think that's pretty much it. I'm just going to end it right here. Unless, is there anything else you want to say before or questions you have? I just want to kind of, hmm, how do I word this? When you see an animated film or show, just like pay attention to the credits and pay attention to just how many people work on it. And yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like since this is kind of like a public space, I should, and there's this recent conversation about how animation is a medium. And it's not just for kids. I just wanted right. to say that because I feel like there's something really, really magical about being limited by a medium such as animation and coming up with creative solutions. And it makes up something even more beautiful. I think that's like nowadays we rely so much on just special effects and just green screens and um, that LED screen. <laughs> There's something magical and more tangible and more special about stuff that comes up as a solution to a limitation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah? So I just, I don't know, just thought I'd say that. <laughs> With that, that concludes our conversation today. Thank you so much, Monica, for being here. We appreciate you being here talking about Catwoman Hunted as well as a little bit about animation. I learned a lot. Because yeah. I'm not in that world. It's not my <laughs> world. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Let me know if you have questions about animation. Is this where I plug myself? I don't know. Not, not yet, not yet. Not okay, sorry. All right. So was Catwoman Hunted a hit or a miss with you? Oh, boy. Um, I'm really sorry, but I think I'm going to say it was a miss. For me, it was as well. It was like... I missed like it went over my head. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I like I, I try to catch it, but you know, it, it missed. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. I'm glad I did. It wasn't that like, it wasn't like a flop to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm not like, Oh, what are you say? I'm not like that, but it was, it was a little bit of a miss for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sorry, guys. Um, um, I apologize. <laughs> I know how much you have, how hard you must have worked for it. So, do you have any pluggables for us today? Um, yeah, sure. You can follow me on Instagram at Conacento Monica. Um, C O N A C E N T O Monica. <laughs> I don't, uh, that's just kind of like uh, where I try to keep up with more um, industry stuff. And um, I don't post much, but if you ever have any questions and um, want to learn more about animation, I like helping people. So, you can reach out. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Monica G. Rodriguez. I am particularly interested in helping uh, fellow Latinos. So reach out to me. Please don't be afraid. As a Boricua Latina, I'm always here to help. And uh, I want to plug the current project I'm working in. I am working in the Baby Shark movie, Baby Shark's mm. big movie. <laughs> All right. It'll, it's set to come out later this year. Um, so I hope you go watch it on Paramount Plus. It's beautiful. There's going to be tons of, tons of catchy music. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to everybody's reactions. I can already tell it's going to be an Oscar nominated film. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Grammys, here we go. <laughs> mm, Grammys, maybe. We have Ashley Tisdale. Yeah, really? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Ooh. That's exciting. Okay. It is. <laughs> it is very exciting. <laughs> All right. So that's it for today, folks. You've been listening to the Hit List Podcast. My name is Jason. And until next time, cross off a new film from your list. Bye. Thank you.